Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Dead Parent Club podcast. Each week we're going to be talking about what it's like to be members of the Dead Parent Club and also chatting to brilliant guests about their grieving journeys. We'll also be hearing from people far more qualified than us who can give you some top advice on navigating this new normal. So welcome everyone to the Dead Parent Club. Now today we are going to be talking about changing friendships. Now this is another biggie because not only do you change yourself after a parent dies, but so might your friendships. Yeah, you might find people don't know what to say to you, they don't know how to be there for you, or they could completely surprise you with how much of a good friend they've become. Yeah, and I think this is another big conversation that a lot of people have a lot of experience with, so I'm hoping we'll cover as much as we can around this topic. So let's dive in. I feel as though this is one of those ones where I didn't want to overthink it too much before Mm. we came into it because I feel like it's going to come really naturally as soon as we start talking about it. I feel extremely lucky in terms of the friendship group that I had before my mum died and I've obviously you know, gained friends. that I'm lucky to have gained some wonderful friends as well, but I have a lot of the same best friends I had before. What about you, Kat? Did your friendships change? Maybe not straight away after your mum died, but maybe it was quite soon. Yeah, it's so hard, you know, like I said to you before we started recording this, like it feels like such a long time ago since my mum died and those kind of obvious changes in friendships feel like they didn't happen, even though they did. But then how we said before, you know, how you change yourself after a parent dies, I do think that just kind of naturally then stems into a change in friendships and a change in dynamics that can then take a number of years to kind of settle into. So I feel like now, looking back, now everything feels kind of normal and fine. Whereas I know if I suddenly put myself back in that position five years ago, I'd probably be a bit like, oh God, my friendships are all over the place. Nobody really cares about me and everything's terrible. It's funny how perspective can kind of cloud how bad things actually were at the time it makes you I think well I'm not everyone but it made me I was more sensitive far more sensitive and so if I felt that a friend maybe wasn't there for me in the way I wanted them to be there for me oh well they're not being a good friend no they are being a good friend like more often than not they were being a good friend it's just that 
I, I had this expectancy that they were going to know what to do and that they were going to know what to say to me. And when they didn't, I was hypersensitive to that. No, they were being a good friend in their way and how they are a friend, if that makes sense. And I understand more with time and age now that actually my sensitivity to if someone didn't bring my mum up or it didn't feel like they wanted to go into detail about it, that was more because they were uncomfortable because they didn't know how I would feel about that. And I'm not saying that they're right in doing that, but that was also not a place for me to be upset with them either just because of that. Does that make sense? No, 100%. I think you have lots of different types of friends after a parent dies. So like you have the friends that you can have open conversations with, you can be really honest with, you can turn around and say to them that you're feeling the lowest you've ever felt with. You have the friends that kind of text you and they're like, I'm thinking about you, I hope you're doing okay. They send you flowers and you really appreciate the friendship and you know that if you wanted to go out for lunch, you could go out and have a nice time, but you wouldn't talk about your parent and you wouldn't talk about how much pain you're in. And then I think you've got friends who, unfortunately, I think every single, well, not every single person, a few minor people have this. I know from people messaging the Instagram group that some people unfortunately have that experience with friends where they are kind of purposefully not understanding for example, saying things like, um, you know, oh, are you still are you still talking about that? Have you gotten over that yet? And that kind of thing. And I think having those kind of friends must be really tough. And I think both you and I, Emma, have been in a really privileged position where we've never directly had that. You might have had friends where you've kind of felt like they were probably a bit sick of you talking about it, or that could actually just be yourself being paranoid. I think a lot of the time it is. Yeah, we worry that because our thoughts are so consumed mm. with the loss of our parent and we want to talk about it, that, oh, maybe they think that we're talking about it too much. But actually, you know, I don't think that's a legitimate concern that you should have because for as long as you want to talk about the loss of your parent or whoever it may be, your carer, whoever it is you've lost, you have every right to do that. So my foundation, my fundamental friendship group has stayed as it was pretty much with a few wonderful additions. And they have been, I truly mean wonderful. Like to this day now, like even when it's my mum's birthday or my mum's anniversary, and we're talking 13 years down the line, they still text me. They still get me little gifts or things that remind me of her. They still say, do you want to visit your mum's grave? I'll come with you. They still ask what you're doing that day. And I feel so mm -hmm. honoured. But there was, um, there was a, a time when I met new people who did not have that level of understanding. And I think I've said it in a previous podcast where I was upset about my mum. And one of these girls said, well, at least you've got your nana. And if you're going to say at least, then it's you're not being a good friend. Yeah, <laughs> Say nothing. We've said it once. We'll say it again. Nothing good comes after the words at least. <laughs> it doesn't. It really doesn't. And yeah. so I think I have gained a bigger filtering system when yeah. meeting new people. So, um, and that has come with a lot of time and perspective and experience of friendships. And I don't know whether that would have happened had my mum died or not, but I feel that because I'm, I've probably become a deeper person, I very quickly, after I've met people, think, how does this person make me feel? Do I feel mm -hmm. light or do I feel heavy? Can I trust this person? Would I want to trust this person? Will this be a deep friendship or a superficial yeah. one? How much do I want this person in my life? How much am I prepared to share with them? And if it's not a lot, 
that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's about not feeling forced or uh, obliged to be friends with somebody or maintain a friendship that isn't necessarily serving you. I think that it's accepting that, okay, I've changed and either you have changed or you haven't changed. And for whatever reason, this isn't working for Mm -hmm. me and it's okay to change my mind. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say you are no longer bringing the, the positivity or whatever it was into my world. And I, I'm not okay with this. And because life is too short to constantly feel obligated yeah. when you shouldn't. Yeah, 100%. I think for me, I think about who I was and the friendships that I had before my mum died. And I was a self-confessed like friendaholic. Like I just wanted to be friends mm. with everyone. I was very very uber sensitive when somebody didn't want to be friends with me or if I kind of wasn't invited somewhere or I just had I had lots and lots and lots of superficial friendships and then mum died and then I was like oh like I think a lot of people do suddenly feel very very alone and isolated no matter how good your friendship group is because you do suddenly feel like oh I'm the only one that understands what I'm going through but then from there, I think that's the that's the really dark point, I think, where a lot of people message the Instagram group and they're like, I feel so alone. I feel like my friends don't understand me. And I feel like that's just, it's temporary. It's always temporary because as you grow older and as you get to know yourself and you get to know your grief, you handpick a few essential people in your life that become like, you're like lifeboats. And I think that's where good thing is in grief is that you get really valuable friendships rather than loads of just really crappy superficial ones it also made me evaluate myself as a friend yes with perspective with time because initially like I say I was hypersensitive and whether that is just an age thing that there was this expectancy that hang on I'm upset about my mom and I want you to behave mm-hmm. this way towards me and you're not so I'm upset about that where as I've got older, I I look into myself and I and I think to myself, am I serving my friend? If I was in their situation, am I bringing to the table what I would want them to bring to the table for me? And I think that that can, and I don't mean that you have to spend your life going, is my friend all right? Do, you know what I mean? What I mean is when they come to me with a, an issue or a problem or a query or a question, it's made me take a step back and think, okay, what does this person want out of this? Do they need reassurance? Do they need me to just listen? Do they need a solution? And I think that level of understanding, um, it allows you to realize that actually friendship, like with all relationships, um, people don't know exactly what you want or need. They're all second guessing and navigating your grief really Mm. in this, in a similar way. And I'm talking about good friends. There are certain friends who, if people are shit to you, you know, in your core and your heart, you go, no, this person's not good. Get rid of them. Seriously. Mm. Those are not the kind of friends you want. But if there are like your mainstays and they're there for you and you know, they have pure good intentions, but sometimes you feel sensitive, just remember that they're probably trying to work out what you want. Yeah, 100%. You know, I had a really similar sort of realization. I don't know how long ago it was now. I spoke about it on the podcast. It might have been like over a year and a half ago where some of my friends that I had previously been really, really close to, I'd suddenly drifted really far away from and they weren't the kind of friends that I did actually want to lose. They weren't the kind of friends that I was purposefully shutting off. 
No, I was purposely, yeah, because I didn't think they were valuable. They were actually friends that I wanted in my life and they'd provided me with a lot of comfort and support. And I sat there one day and I was like, I've, I've actually really fucked up here and I'm the one to blame because I've spent so long in the kind of deep depths of grief that I was take, take, taking and I wasn't giving anything back to those friendships. Like friendship is a two-way street and I think sometimes, and you know, to no fault of my own really because I was in such a bad place and I was so depressed, but I let it go on for so long that some of my most valuable friendships were suddenly non-existent. And then I was like, crap. And then you kind of have to work on building those back again. But it was a really big realization for me to be like, oh, like they're not bad friends. I'm actually the one being a bad friend right now. And that can be a bit of a shit thing to realize but at the end of the day grief does take up so much of your life and can happen with family it can happen with relationships and you suddenly realize that you haven't been providing those people with the value that they need as well how did you approach that to kind of regain those friendships i had a few really awkward text conversations (laughs) did it take a while to get them back or was it kind of like because i imagine if they were good friends if you explained openly and honestly, there was probably a level of understanding and actually respect that you'd come to them and recognize that. Yeah, definitely, I think so. But I think also the thing with good friends is that when you've built something so high, then it's fallen so far, it takes a lot of building to get that back to where it was. So I definitely wouldn't say that those friendships are back to where they were before, but I do think that's also because I'm older, I'm different life has a lot more pressures now than it did when I was 20 years old. Things were a lot easier then, despite the fact that my mum had died. So I think it did feel good to know that those people are very much still there for me. And I was glad that I was able to go back to them and reassess what I had done and kind of go back with my tail between my legs and apologize. (laughs) A huge respect to you for being able to do that. Because I think it's quite, (laughs) sometimes it's really daunting when you realize that you've lost something wonderful to you and that maybe it's partially your fault. It's daunting and and it's really brave actually, Kat, to go, okay, I recognize my role in this and I'd like to apologize Mm. and build that back up because Mm. it takes work, it takes effort and it takes a level of self-awareness. So I respect you for that. When you look to make friendships now, well, are you open to making friendships or are you less open to it now? I would say that I'm definitely open to it, but it's so weird when you kind of assess your friendship situation and where you're most likely to make friends. So I'm definitely, I was going to speak about this previously, I'm more likely to make a really strong friendship with a stranger that I, that I instantly have a connection with and I instantly know that I can have deep conversations with them and be completely open than I am to be on like, a night out with people that I kind of know of. I'm, I'm less likely to build friendships with people that I know than I am to make friendships with people that I didn't know previously. But I think a big part of building friendships now is, and that we've spoken about this so much before, is how you change so much as a person. So what you liked doing before, going out drinking loads and going out partying and kind of having those kind of like, every time you saw a friend that had to be out, now I value the friendships that I can be like, do you wanna come over for a brew? Like when I look at friendships now, I'm like, would I invite them over for a brew one-on-one? Would I just want to go out with them in a group situation? And that's where they differ, I think. What do you think? In terms of making friendships, I'm very open to making friends. Mm. But like I say, my core, my friendship group has remained 
the same. I, I know I go on about how lucky I am, but even in the early years after mum died, I did feel I probably heard how sad I truly was and then cried when I was drunk. But life was happening. Uni was happening. Again, drunk was happening. All of us girls had a life to live. And, you know, I, I was getting on with that, but this grief was building and building. And then as I've got older and I've been more honest with my friends, um, and I mean like raw honesty, they mm. they know me, they know me inside out. They, they know parts of me that I would never reveal. You know, they really do. And with that honesty, they have then found a level of respect for the choices I make. So for example, if we're going out and I say to them, I don't feel comfortable drinking this weekend because I don't think it's good for me they wholly respect that and they mm. will drink, but they're respectful of the fact they're not going to put me under pressure to have a drink. They're going to make me feel perfectly comfortable. And that makes me feel safe. That puts me in a safe, I'm in my safest environment with that group of friends. Um, and I feel as though, again, I've been fortunate in that, you know, I could handpick them and go, I would actually just sit and have a cup of tea with yeah. you and a chat and I would go out with you. I would do this with you. And we're all comfortable in doing all of those things with each other. Um, and I, But I also think our friendship group has seems to have suffered a significant amount of loss as well. Since yeah. my mum died, we've had friends that have passed away, family, family members that have passed away. It's been really intense, like for my friendship group. In actual fact, my sister-in-law said, I remember her saying, your friends seem to have suffered more like a, a, a huge degree of loss in their lives. Mm. So I wonder if that is why we're all sort of leveling out with each other. Does that make sense? A hundred percent, because I think the difference with, with my friendship group is that the majority of my friends haven't experienced any severe losses whatsoever. So when it comes to talking about grief and death and the really nitty gritty stuff, like just how down I was after my mum died, they actually weren't the people that I that I turned to, um, purely because I was lucky enough to have a friend who I started the podcast with who had experienced death of a parent. And I think there is something, when you meet somebody else who has experienced a huge loss like that, there is just this really calm understanding between you both. Like, it is, it's like magical I literally think things are just like working and connecting and it's like you just have this really mutual respect for each other when you're like god you've been through shit I've been through shit we can have really open conversations about this from the get-go and there is not I actually don't think there's anything better than meeting somebody who's experienced things similar to you you're right it, you're right because it changes you in a way in such a unique way really because mm. although it changes people in different ways it's a real unique thing that when this happens you go Oh, wow. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Kat, have you seen, I know I've seen this. Obviously, I lost my mum when I was 18 and none of my friends at that time had had this significant loss, right, of anyone. But over the years, as, as they have, unfortunately, suffered those significant losses, I've watched them change. Have you seen people yeah. change? Because I have, I have watched them change as people and I have felt a deeper level of understanding and connection with them because of that loss. Yeah, so I don't have loads of friends that have experienced sort of huge losses. One comes to mind more recently, her mum died last November. And I even see it, I saw her a lot in the months following that. And I haven't been able to see her as much over the last couple of months because her life has picked back up again and my life has picked back up again. But I even see it on social media, just the things that she posts about, like she's reading more, she's going out more, she's walking more. And she didn't do all those all of those things before. And like, she's like sharing the love that she has for the people in her life more. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, she's changed. Like she has. And it is, it's such a, a weird thing to see. I kind of, I remember saying to her in the months after she'd, um, her mum had died. And I was like, there's like a group of like young grievers and we're all holding these like torches of like fire. And it's like mm. whenever somebody new like joins the the club, you like light their little torch. And then suddenly there's just like all these people dotting up everywhere who are all holding the same flame and who all understand how you feel. And it is like, it's like you're, you're a proper tribe of yeah. just people that just get it. Do you know, it makes me, right, this podcast, the ultimate aim is to help you. Um, you listening right now and it makes me really sad that you might be listening and thinking I don't have a friend like that mm -hmm. that I can um, count on or that I can turn to so Kat I'm going to ask you a question here for, for the person listening to this now how would you describe a good friend so that if you're listening right and this person that you're friends with or the people you're friends with don't tick you know, a lot of these boxes, you know that maybe, maybe it would be good for you to seek friendships elsewhere. I think a good friend is somebody who validates how you're feeling. So if you're able to be honest with them and say like, oh, I'm just feeling really crap today. And they say, that's totally okay. That's understandable. You're going through something really, really tough. That is a good friend rather than somebody that says, um, Oh, you, you, you can, I don't want to say you can get through this because that's not a bad connotation, but I think just somebody that accepts how you're feeling and who you are. And also what we were saying before, if you can, if you've got a friend that you can invite over for a cup of tea and feel comfortable, even if they're not a really, really close friend yet, but you feel comfortable enough doing that, I think something can grow from that because if you feel comfortable in a one-on-one -on -one situation with somebody inside where you're not distracted by meals out, music, TV, like, and the people around you, and you can actually focus on each other one-on-one, -on -one, really amazing friendships can be built from that, I think. And also, if your friend is open with you, if you know somebody who has come to you for things, and you really think back and you think, wow, they were really, they were really open with me when they talked to me about that, that is them inviting you to be open with them too. 
because it does take you to tango when it comes yeah. to talking about tough times. But I'd say those are my top three. But what about you? Do you have anything different? I'd just add two things to that. I would say understanding, mm. you know, and by understanding, I mean that they they don't have to have gone through what you've gone through, but they can see that it is something that would cause you great pain and something that they are prepared to sit and listen to you talk about a mm. lot for as long as you need to. And in a similar way to inviting them around for a cup of tea and feeling comfortable with that, someone that gives you that space, that gives you that mm. space to be solely you, to go, this is me unapologetically. I don't have to put on a front, take, take it away. You be you. And, you know, when you listen to this and, and, and Kat, you'll know this, and I touched on it earlier about things that make you feel light and things that make you feel heavy. If a friendship makes you feel light, it means it's right for you. Mm. If it makes you feel heavy... It's probably not. And that is, our gut does tell us because even though, you know, sometimes we want to hear things, I know I do, you want to hear things to almost um, tell you whether what you're thinking is right or not, you know, yeah. to give you that reassurance. Yeah, I was right in thinking that. But I think your gut tells you, I don't think this person's being a good friend or I think they are, don't you? 100%. Yeah, do you know, do you know what I do? This is, we've talked about this on a... Um previous podcast about what my dad does when he's having a conversation with somebody and he has to plan this conversation. Yeah. I admittedly, I know if I'm not a very good friend with somebody, if I've planned me up with them and I'm getting, I have a little bit of social anxiety in these situations where I will write a list of things in my head of topics that I know that I can talk to them about. So I know that I am nervous and not comfortable around this person if I'm trying to pre-plan the conversation in my head because I'm so scared of that awkward silence mm. I think if you're able to meet up with somebody and not have a structured conversation in your head pre-planned then they're probably a good friend yeah yeah no but you know what you're right like I don't think um I don't think it's just you and your dad that do that I think that <laughs> I think that is a thing where if you don't know somebody that well you think oh what's the common ground that we can talk about mm. what things do I know that have been going on in their world that I can talk about but actually the people who are <laughs> your best friends are often the ones where of course you don't have to think about what you going to talk about but where yeah. you can sit in silence and it's okay because yeah. yeah. actually I, I often feel as human beings we are we want to you know fill this and I'm as guilty of it as the next person we want to fill silence for the yeah. sake of the other person but the other person is also probably as equally okay with silence it's just that we're both thinking the other one isn't okay with silence so we need to fill the silence <laughs> panic and it's yeah but like what we the thing is like when you, for example, when you live with someone, it, you don't talk constantly with no mm. gaps. And that's because you're comfortable with them. But, mm. and, and, and that's how people around you ought to make you feel. You know, that the people you Easy. pick. Yeah, the people you choose to be around you in the same way, I'm sure you make them feel comfortable. Like Kat says, easy. That's how it should feel. Emma, what's one thing when you're kind of looking back over the 13 years since your mum died, is there a certain instance that comes to mind where you were like, God, I've got some really good friends here. Like, thank you. There have been so many occasions where <laughs> they've taken, I've been taken aback by it. But um, yeah, they really have actually. You asking that question has made me think of so many occasions where they've rallied round to 
sort of they've clearly communicated between themselves mm. and even more recently and this might sound like nothing to you right I spend a lot of time away from home with my work so every mm. weekend because I work in football I've been going to London for filming and particularly during COVID times that's meant I'm in London alone I go to work I come back I'm in a hotel you know for a huge chunk of that things weren't open nothing was happening so I was literally just there alone and it was one of my best friend's birthday birthdays and um this was in more recent times when you were allowed like six people like six people <laughs> around anyway so she's got a bar so in her garden that her husband's built and they they were all there in the garden um getting drinks from the bar and stuff and I'm sat there in bed at night doing my work for the next day and I got a FaceTime off one of them and they were all there and they were all just kept me there as if I was part of the party for ages Aww. and in the end I was like girls I need to do my work but it was amazing <laughs> and do you know what you might be listening to this now going oh what's the big deal about that it was completely unplanned and unexpected mm. and it meant everything to me but you. yeah they went Emma can't be here to enjoy this moment with us after so long she's in London on her own let's get her involved and it's like mm. that really and that is you know, that's not a, a single, that's not the only thing they've ever done. They've done so many things. But more recently, you know, it served as a reminder that it made me feel like an integral part of that friendship group. It made me feel heard. It made me feel seen. It made me feel loved because they want me to be there. What about with yeah. you? Um. Well, I think one, one big thing comes to mind that my friends from uni did for me. So I graduated a year after all of my friends because... Um, I knew that my mum was going to die at the start of my third year. So I like suspended the year and went the year after. And obviously graduation is like a big thing when you're leaving uni and it's when all the families are together. And it was something that I remember my mum shouting at me when I told her, because my mum never talked about the fact that she was going to die. She was very, I'm not going to die, blah, blah, blah. So when I'd said that I had I was intercalating her year, my mum was quite angry with me. And she was like, I'm going to be there to see you graduate and all this kind of stuff. Um, and obviously she never was going to be able to do that. So <clears throat> when it did come to my graduation, I was a bit overwhelmed and apprehensive. And I was just very, very upset my mum couldn't be there. And my three friends from uni, whose graduation I'd obviously been to the year prior, um, they'd all got full-time jobs then. One of them was a teacher and... They, obviously I'd, I'd invited them and I was completely understanding when they were like, we can't, like we can't get a time off work, we can't come because it was a weekday. And I and I was like, that's fine. Like I just completely accepted that that truth and I was lucky enough to have a lot of family there. Anyway, I had my graduation ceremony and I'm feeling quite emotional. I walk out and there's like crowds and crowds of people and I see this massive pink sign saying like, well done Catherine on it. Oh my and my three best friends who had been there for me for that whole year that my mum had died, they were all there. And they always laugh when if we talk about it because they were like, you literally fell to the floor. Because <laughs> I literally just dropped to drop like to the floor and I was just crying because it just, it meant the world to me that they knew how big of a deal that was to me. And just seeing them felt like, felt like home. It felt like, felt, cause they felt like family cause I've been with them through such a tough time. And that is honestly one of the best moments that I will remember forever. And we're really lucky cause one of the Lancaster photographers actually caught the moment that we all hugged on camera. Um, yeah, it was one of the best moments of my life, definitely. And I think 
get friends that would do that for you because one of them was a teacher and she called in sick. I love that. I love that. Can we can we yeah. share that photo, that moment that the photographer captured on the Dead Yeah, I'll definitely dig it up. Because that 100%. is amazing. Yeah. And also the picture you painted of that there is the most warm, wholesome thing ever. Yeah. Like they yeah. are the kind of friends you want in your life. I, I want to hug those three, three friends <laughs> and be like, wow, that is so... But it's even like you, you, you think through that and you go, they've spoken amongst themselves. They've all recognized how much this means to you. Yeah. They've spoken, they've gone to great lengths to make sure you know this is your day. We're so proud of you. We're here for you. And that is exactly what friendship is. So 100%. get yourselves and friends like them and mine. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you haven't got them yet, don't, I think don't beat yourself up yeah. and feel lonely about it because life is a journey and like relationships come and go, friendships come and go as well until you find the right ones. And they do say like, you know, friends are the family that you choose. So don't stick you choose there is the big word don't stick with people that don't make you feel good like go out there and go to places where that you're interested in as well like if you like climbing go climbing if you like walking join a walking group like whoever you are now whoever you've turned into find groups of people that have those similar interests to you and go and find some friends yeah like so you true. can do it yeah you're not you're not a tree you don't have to stay where you yeah. are you can, <laughs> you can literally. No, we're not though. Like, I always think yeah. that. I always think we aren't rooted here. Like we yeah. are allowed to move. And like we said earlier, you're allowed to change your mind. And also, you know what? If someone isn't being a great friend to you, you don't have to explain why you don't want to be friends with them either, anymore. Yeah. You just don't have to be friends with them. And just finally, don't feel that you, if you don't have a group of 10 people you can turn to, that you don't have a good friendship group. Yeah. I tell you what, some some of the best friends are, you know, when, when it's one or two friends. Like, that's all you need. If you have just that one person who you can vent to, be honest with, laugh with, cry with, do all those things, feel fully validated, supported, and like they have a space there for you, that's all you really need. Yeah, I could not agree more. And we just really hope that this episode has been some comfort to you. If you've been in a similar situation, if you've had similar feelings, if you've had crappy friends, if you've had really good friends, I hope that you found something that resonated with you when you listened to this podcast. Yeah, and if there's anything else that you've heard in this that you'd like us to talk about or touch on or any questions that you have, remember you can always get in touch with us. Yep, you can drop us an email at hello at deadprankclub.co.uk, find us on Instagram at deadprankclubpodcast and we're on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.